0: Hi, guys. My name is Jared Zhang. I'm the founder of Guard. Um, And today we're doing episode three of Unguarded Conversations with my friend Yi Chen. Um, Unguarded Conversations is a series of conversations aimed at destigmatizing mental health, especially among young people. Throughout my life, speaking about this stuff has often been viewed as soft or weak. But I want people to know that if you're willing to be seen as soft to talk about how you really feel, that's actually kind of hard. So today we're speaking about intergenerational trauma, which everyone has to some extent, um, and a lot of feelings of worthlessness or resentment can sometimes result. Our goal in this episode is to let people know that they're not alone and talk about how to heal from art, knowledge, and speaking about the topic. Um, So intergenerational trauma, as defined by Google, is the accumulation of neural networks in the brain that are established by patterns and behavior and hormones. These behaviors become a repetitive part of the system that children learn from and then develop the same neural networks in the brain as the parents. Um, Throughout our research, we also have kind of learned that it's very important to speak about generational trauma in order to bring awareness and to heal from it. And the only way to heal from it is to see it first. And that's why we're talking about it so we could choose to protect our future generations that's why it's called intergenerational trauma right um so with no further ado we're interviewing my friend E Chen my good friend E Chen she is an artist musician and brand strategist currently based out of LA and we're going to talk a little bit about life her experiences with intergenerational trauma and how we can go and further talk about it so let's get started hi Yi
1: hi Jared <laughs> How are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. So, um, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, who are you and what do you do?
1: Okay. So, I was born in Shanghai, China, and I went to Australia when I was five. And over the last 10 years, I've lived in Taipei, I've lived in Berlin, and currently I'm in LA. So, I'm a brand and creative strategist, and on the side, um I have a lot of hobbies, I guess music being one of them, design um and recently um more so becoming a herbalist as well
0: That's awesome. Um, <laughs> tell us more about being a herbalist and or how even these hobbies kind of like go into let's say helping you with your mental health.
1: Yeah, sure. So I think for me, um, when it comes to mental health, what helps me would be more sensory things, um, like audio, visual feeling. Um, So I'm not great at communicating my emotions. (laughs) And so I do that actually with art, with music, um, and with even, for example, like flower arrangement as well. Um, so all these sensory activities I do, um, like making music, drawing, um, even with herbal as well, like finding um, an ingredients to create a tincture, to help, uh, for example, to relax, to de-stress, um, to uh, yeah, sleep as well. Um, so all these things, I love incorporating a sensory component um, when it comes to dealing with my mental health Gotcha. that's cool
0: um yeah. so speaking of mental health and kind of like i guess dealing or healing from your mental health um is there a certain time when you kind of discovered the importance of it
1: oh yeah um i think that was probably my late 20s um so like before then there were definitely episodes of like panic attacks experiencing anxiety but I didn't know what what those were um I just kind of like shrugged it off and said okay must just be stress you know I'll get over it and in terms of like talking about mental health um coming from an Asian family it's it's never really talked about and Um, With something like seeing the therapist, it has a very negative connotation and it's often linked to um, like, you you know, like a a mental disease, mental illness, insanity, or just like craziness.
0: Like the word Um, being, like basically right when you talk about being nervous, it literally means you're sick or like, like I remember, sorry, just to relate really quick. uh, I remember when I first start having anxiety attacks or being anxious, like rather than saying like, oh, how do you feel? Because that's not even in the fucking culture. Like no one's ever going to be like, how do you feel? They're going to be like, stop feeling this way. Or, exactly. Or do you need to go to a heart doctor? <laughs> you
1: know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like with in Chinese, like a, a psychologist or psychiatrist is like, um, yeah, like Xinli Essence is like to say the heart doctor. Yeah. And everything's very... Um, objective like it's objectified Um, and so yes I I never thought about like oh I need to see a therapist until my late 20s So I was working in Taipei a lot of my expat friends just left (laughs) and so um, I pretty much went from having a routine having a social life to not having any friends not having anyone to talk to And um, working in advertising and media, like working in an agency, it's really stressful. Um, So you're working 12 to 14 hours a day. That's normal. You're working on the weekends. That's normal. So I was definitely feeling very overwhelmed by my job, um, my relationship then, and also just being away from family and friends. So I saw that I kept frequently having like, panic attacks and again when um, we think of panic attacks we often think about what we see in movies like the the stereotype of a panic attack is someone having difficult breathing they're like hyperventilating they're crying it's almost like out of control but a mild panic attack um, could just be you know having but constant butterflies in your stomach, having problems sleeping, having problems digesting food. So there are definitely um, different types of panic attacks and then there's a different spectrum as well. So back then every day I felt exhausted and really stressed and I kept thinking, oh, it's just work." this will pass. But there was a lot on my mind. And um, so, you know, I just started like Googling to find a solution. Like, what can I do? Am I sick? <laughs> and the suggestion that kept coming up was actually um, to maybe see a therapist. And that kind of took me back a bit because of the negative connotation. Like, Oh, I don't need to see a therapist. Like I'm not mental. <laughs> like I'm not yeah. crazy. Um, And then so I actually opened up to friends, like calling friends and saying, hey, look, this is a bit embarrassing, but I'm thinking about seeing a therapist. And I was initially really ashamed to even say it out loud or admit it to friends um, because I thought they might look at me differently or, um, like, look down on me. Uh, but what I found was that a lot of my friends, they've actually seen therapists or are seen therapists in the past um, for various reasons, and it definitely wasn't linked to, like, insanity or mental disorders. And that surprised me a lot because we were all so secretive about mental health Um, yeah, it's something just as important as a healthy diet or fitness routine. Uh, But no one wanted to openly talk about it. So I think from then, I started to make a more conscious effort um, to talk about mental health and how we feel um, among friends.
0: Yeah, good for you. And um, it seems like, and I feel you on that, like where it's kind of funny how it's not really a topic of conversation normally, right? If you're getting coffee mm. or tea with someone, you're not, like, that's probably one of the last things on your list of stuff to talk about. But I feel like it's kind of probably one of the most important reason to have friends for, to, like, talk about your inner struggles and, like, what's bothering you day to day, right?
1: Yeah, um, definitely. So I think we – um like, with with my friends, like, a lot of my friends are Asian as well, like Asian immigrants, um, so we're almost on the same boat when it comes to um, talking about our feelings and emotions because our parents never talked about it. And so I think among friends, um, it used to be just, you know oh how's the weather how are you and talking about all the good moments like the curated moments of your life and I think now um like talking about how we feel the emotions the bad times like the bad moments as well has definitely um brought us like much closer as well and um kind of like destigmatize like mental health among our friendship and also, just in terms of like expectations as well, like um I know growing up Asian, it's a lot of um like your parents put a lot of pressure um onto you to do well, like to do the best you can and to go one hundred and ten percent in everything, so um, the whole meme about like, oh, getting a B plus isn't good enough or getting an A instead of an A plus isn't good enough is is definitely true. Yeah,
0: yeah it's low key facts. And um, I remember like growing up in in Chinese family, like mm-hmm. if you had something wrong in your family, right, it's like it's like I remember my grandpa always saying whatever that we have going on in our family, like that no- nobody should know about that. And it was yeah. it was so deeply like emphasized, but I just never listened. I was just like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, for most people, that's like definitely where once the family or something is like brought up, it's just like, like oh, like my mom is sometimes not super, like doesn't listen, but it's okay. She means well. Like it's like giving giving them not an excuse, but rather like like verifying it or like. Like crediting mm. it rather than saying, "Oh, this might not be okay, you know,
1: yeah, exactly, and the whole um Asian mentality of like to lose face like to feel shame and embarrassment, like that 's the worst thing that could ever happen, so a lot of things we don't talk about with families, and as an adult, like from a child' you're like don't talk about it, this is not good, you know this is not con- this is not a good conversation um about you know talking about defeats talking about failures talking about not feeling like happy or not feeling at ease like all these things it's like no don't talk about it in open um so being a kid having to deal with these emotions internally as an adult um I know I definitely try to hide those emotions or don't talk about it or just keep it within myself
0: yeah, especially because it's like you want to talk about what's cool, right? Like or talk about what like people in this in this society. It kind of promotes like what. Um, like, sorry, I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna close my window. This part oh, will yeah. be Loki paused. <laughs> Loki should have thought of that before. Okay, so we were talking about what what is acceptable to talk about, right? Like, kind of why. I guess society doesn't push us to talk about this stuff more, correct? Yes. So, like, going off of your point, I mean, it's definitely true that, like, our society in Asia, like, or being Chinese, already has, like, a society where it's, like, don't talk about what doesn't save face slash what doesn't, like, basically make your family proud and brings your family honor, even though that's, like, a stereotype. It's very true. Um, yeah. And then in our society of, like, social media, Instagram um, and kind of like where like a lot of like friends are becoming like almost like a business network sometimes where you always want to let people know the good that's happening in your life. It kind of really doesn't breed uh it doesn't breed a space where you want to or like feel like it's okay to talk about like the shit that's going on as well yeah
1: yeah, so I, I think with social media that has definitely um so with social media that has definitely fueled a lot of this curation of the perfect life and I know for me like that was um like I I traveled a lot for work and um so I never really hit the kind of like the the normal milestones of like oh okay now you buy a house, now you get married, now you have kids. So um, when you see that constantly pop up, like on your feed, like, oh, friend purchased their second home, or, oh, now they're having kids, oh, now they're married, or whatever it is, I think um, you start feeling the pressure of, wait, am I doing this right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um wait am i am i meant to be buying a house right now or oh am i meant to be getting my third promotion this year and you definitely start comparing like although you can't um like you're like oh no this is their life i'm happy for them but then i think at the back of your head you can't help but feel like wait um maybe i'm doing this wrong like <laughs> maybe I'm adulting incorrectly. So, um, yeah, like with social media that has, um, like it, it's great in a way, but then the, the dark side of it is um, sometimes like yeah, feeling worthless or feeling like you're not doing anything right or um, measuring success in terms of like very, um, like with uh, materialistic terms.
0: So, you know, today we're talking a lot about intergenerational trauma. Is there a certain moment when you discovered it that was like an aha moment for you when you're like, ah, like this, this is how intergenerational trauma is impacting my life?
1: Yeah. So, um, I, I think with me, I, I definitely like when I'm angry, when I'm upset, I, I have a temper, like I get very like I'm very like standoffish or I get very verbal or I kind of you know like let some steam out and I definitely see that in my dad as well like um, and then it was when I was speaking to my grandma so I thought okay it must just be from dad Um, so when I was speaking to his mom so this was only two years ago um she talked about how she she was actually an orphan which I didn't know and I was like wow and and you know she's lived through um a lot of wars the great Chinese famine so um very like harsh environments and conditions and she was saying how she was very strict on my dad like she she had a temper and would often blame him for a lot of things would hit him as well um because all she knew how to do like what to do was like to survive um so for her like showing love was just meant being a provider so if she was being if she was able to put food on the table and a shelter over everyone's heads like that's her job done that was her way of showing love okay so anything else like oh like showing like um care empathy and you know giving hugs it wasn't it wasn't in her language it wasn't in her vocab
0: yeah it's not so, it's, it's her love language to provide basic needs rather than like all the other exactly. love languages
1: there is. Yes, and then just have everyone, um, like, you, you know, like very militant as well. Like, okay, you need to do that. Like, it was all about survival. So if you think of, like, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like survival is the core of everything. So all she needs to do is to survive, keep everyone alive, and her job as as a mother is done. So fast track to... Um, my dad, like as an adult, so that's all he experienced as a kid is being hit, being yelled at, and having like driving um, the mentality of we need to survive. So he comes to Australia when he was in his early thirties, and Mum and I moved as well um, a year later. He showed the same harshness and strictness like my grandma. Um, although he hated it as a kid, like he hated how his mom treated him, but he was displaying the same sort of actions and language, um, towards me and, and towards my mom as well. Um, so it was very much like very militant as well. And if I retaliated, if I disagreed with him, um, it was often met by hostility. So, Um, very much like okay not just you're grounded but it would be yeah like I got hit as a kid Um, it was like next level of like being grounded (laughs) Um, like a lot of like yelling a lot of um, you know like he would throw things as well so that as a kid So you can see like that behavior was from my grandma who probably experienced something very similar when she was a kid and then that transferred to my dad. And me as an adult, although I know, wait, like when I'm upset at someone, it's not good to feel this toxic anger. It's not good to yell at them. It's not good to wanting to like throw something, you know. Um, But as an adult, like I had to unlearn a lot of these Actions and then also, um, you know, those actions were from a place of pain and suffering, and um, so I had to like relearn how to feel, how to act, how to communicate when I'm angry, um, like from a place of compassion and vulnerability. Um, so, which is something like my family never displayed, um, or even, you know, like talked about. Um, so in terms of like intergenerational trauma, um, when I read about this and, um, through the book, um, uh, the body keeps the school, which I highly recommend to everyone. Um, it was looking at my behaviors and attitudes and looking at ways that, you know, I might be like subconsciously doing something without even knowing because it, feels familiar like although I know it's wrong it might feel familiar I might still do it because it provides you know like maybe a dopamine kick in me Um, but it's kind of just pausing and stopping and going wait this is this is not a healthy way of doing something.
0: Yeah I get what you're saying like growing up and an immigrant family especially an asian immigrant family i feel like we're often not seen or heard which are like two basic human needs especially for children um so when we're like used to not being seen or heard we might like our egos um might react a certain way to like help protect us from that and when you're older and living in like not the normal world, because the normal world doesn't exist, I guess, but, like, living in a world where, like, you can be seen or heard, you're kind of, like, so used to that, and your ego is so used to that, that, like, even if it's a situation that might be similar, like, our patterns and behaviors that we learned as a kid kick in, and it, like, basically takes control, huh?
1: Yes, uh, completely. So um, I think even just, um, like, being an immigrant – um is hard because of family expectations um cultural differences um racism as well like it just all compounds and um like growing up as a kid like you don't you don't know it yourself but then I reflect like I look back and go oh my god I can't believe I went through all that as a kid you know like as a as a five-year-old as a 10-year-old Um, you pretty much had to like grow up quite quickly yeah
0: yeah 100% and I 100% feel you on that where like when it's normalized as a kid you kind of like just you just like keep growing past that and like kind of like try to forget about it because your parents are like your first sphere of influence right and kind of like like, growing up from that, you're like, okay, my mom or my dad, they're not, like, bad people. They just, mm. like, that's just how I was raised. Like, you think they're just stricter. And then it's, like, when you really look into it with a different level of awareness where you're like, fuck, like, like this isn't <laughs> how you're supposed to treat kids. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: um, No, de- definitely.
0: Now that we're talking about, like, this stigma as well as this, uh, like, the lack of this topic, actually, for immigrant families, why do you think that? speaking about mental health, intergenerational trauma and like basically internal struggles is so stigmatized and basically like why is there such a lack of speaking about it for immigrant families in particular?
1: Okay. Um, So I think it definitely has to do with what you talked about before, like the whole pride, um, honor, and then also respecting the elders as well. And when it comes to talking about mental health, you really have to set your ego aside. Um, You really have to be vulnerable and admit that, okay, they're like, you're not the best version of yourself. And it's a long journey. It's a continuous journey. And in addition to that, when it when you talk about intergenerational trauma, um, it's looking back at your family history and going, you know what, like, there was a problem with this or this wasn't the most healthy, like healthiest way of dealing with something or this was quite toxic. And to have that kind of conversation with your family, with your grandparents, it's almost like they could take it as, oh, you're disrespecting me or um, you're being rude or you're making me lose face and, um it, you know, so it, it's a like very their ego, hard...
0: like their ego starts flaring up as well.
1: Exactly. So I think for them to set their ego aside, it's hard. It, it's hard for anyone. Like it was hard for me to even set my ego. aside. like, I remember my first therapy session and I went and she's like, what do you want to talk about? I was like, I don't know. Like you tell me, <laughs> like I was very guarded as well. Yeah. Um, and I think in terms of like the, uh how like the language as well so um in chinese like it's 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 an illness <laughs> like yeah um it's not seen as a a health like benefit it's more like oh you're not well so we have to treat you rather than coming from this like prevention or coming from this like um you know being mindful healthy None of that. So again, when you bring up therapy, um, it bring in their minds it's like a big red flag. Um, it's almost like, wow, well, are you sick? Like, do you need to be locked up? Like yeah. are you hurting yourself? So um I, I think, yeah, in terms of like the stigmatization, it, it's it's the language, it's the culture around it. Um and so that's what makes it so hard to um, to to talk about mental health with Asian families, and then sometimes with Asian friends as well.
0: Gotcha. you. Um, yeah, I feel that it's definitely. I mean, even going like across like other immigrant like cultures, uh, it's it's not even. It's like right when you hit twenty four, twenty five, that I've noticed that even some people start talking about like the the yeah. general population. It's still really hard to talk about because it's hard to think like what you thought of your childhood or your life so far part of it wasn't a lie per se but it was it was just like misconstrued you know what i mean like and it's Mm -hmm. hard to like gain that level of awareness and be like oh like this part could have been my ego protecting me rather than who i am because sometimes like i've been through this at least where like i went through kind of an existential crisis because i'm like if i'm not this person that's like like i'm like doesn't my ego and like the parts that were built to protect me from the trauma I like went through as a kid, like, like my ability to basically talk to anyone or like to not have any shame. Like if, if that all comes with my ego, then who am I without the trauma? You know, it's like you kind of almost yeah. link that together.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, but yeah, do you, so speaking about our <clears throat> cultures and our families this much, do you think that you place blame on your parents at all?
1: No, I I think as a kid there was definitely um, resentment towards like my parents, especially my dad because he was the most strict on me when it came to like homework and education. Um, But like right now as an adult, I don't blame my parents at all. I do feel like they weren't given the tools and knowledge um, to deal with certain situations in a healthy manner Um, and I felt like it was almost like necessary for them like they did what they had to do um, because they you know they cared about me they cared about my future Um, and I'm grateful for that Um, but at the at the end of the day like in terms of how I want to be as a parent, um, is, um, you know, like to look at, to look at the ways, um, of, of the, the toxic relationships we had and then how to, um, how to improve on that and how not to like make the same mistakes. Got
0: you. Um, like kind of like the idea of, Basically, they only had a certain level of awareness. So you can't like you can only blame someone if they have a certain level of awareness, but they choose not to exercise it kind of. Right. But yeah, if they were just doing their best, you kind of and that and as you spoke about that, I realized that within my own family dynamics, not trying to bring it back to me. But I kind of was like, you know what, like I forgive my parents even more now because they're just that's all they know, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly, and you know, like I, I turned out fine, <laughs> um, fine-ish. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: amazing-ish.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there are still certain things where, um, like, it, it, it's a, it's a whole journey. Like when it comes to mental health, and then um, like be, being your best, it's a never-ending journey. Um, but yeah, so I, I do think, um, at the end of the day, they, they treated me or, um, how they were treated from their parents and from their grandparents. And so they thought, oh, this is like, this is good enough. And then now, like as adults, like, you know, um, we, we do a lot of reading, we're learning about more about mental health. Like we know how to, apply some of, like, the cognitive, like, thinking of, um, yeah, like, treating people better or communicating better.
0: Got you. And lastly, when it comes to, like, treating people better, how do you kind of, like, treat yourself better? What pieces and grounds you as a person?
1: Okay. Um, I definitely think, like, making things ground me and make me feel more, human (laughs) so like my day job it's a lot of thinking like strategy creative um like you might not make something at the end to show for it besides a powerpoint presentation um so for me what's rewarding and grounding is like creating music or um creating a flower arrangement or drawing so anything to like make something like however uh, like whatever I feel, whatever I'm thinking, able to put the feelings and thoughts into um like a, a music track or into a flower bouquet or into a perfume, like whatever it is, and that brings me a lot of joy
0: <laughs> so you can like kind of experience the, experience that feeling from a sensory perspective almost.
1: Yeah, exactly, and then able to um, share that. Like, sometimes it's just sharing it for myself. Sometimes it's sharing it with friends or other people that are able to also connect um, with the art, with the music, with the design. Um, I think that makes um, – it's almost like that human connection, like, oh, the, the world's so big, but it's not that big.
0: Yeah, I feel you. Like, we we all kind of, like, share the same feelings at the end of the day. It's just, like, these societal standards or walls that, like, our society has put up kind of makes us feel less like the person that could be living right next to us, but they could be going through the exact same shit in a different manner. Exactly. Cool. Um. So, yeah, now that therapy is kind of, like, I think you talked about, like, how, like, your mindset on therapy has shifted a little bit. Like, I kind of, like, try to say, like, think of therapy as going to the gym for your brain or feeding mm-hmm. your heart and your soul rather yeah. than, like, going to the going to the doctor. Um, but do you kind of incorporate that to your routine, um, like, on a regular basis or anything like that now?
1: Um, yes. Yeah, so I think, um, for me, therapy has become um, like almost like an annual checkup just to see how I am. Um, so I might at the start of the year or towards the end of the year, um, like book a few sessions, like, you know, just two or three sessions and just to catch up with my regular therapist and be like, Oh, okay, this is, you know, this has happened over the last year. Here's how I feel. And yeah. And then, um, talk about, kind of like, okay, the the goals I set for myself. Um, It's almost like a a life coach, you know. Um, And I think when I know when there's like a a change to my life, whether it's like moving to a new city, starting a new job, starting a new relationship or going through a breakup or whatever it is, um, I would also then um, like book – a a few like therapy sessions because I know, okay, I might be quite stressed um, at at that time. And just to help me uh, get through, yeah, like get through the process and uh, go with the flow and make sure mentally like I'm like prepared and being um, the best I could be for myself.
0: Gotcha. I like that. Um, is there anything else you wanted to share that kind of has to do with A, intergenerational trauma or B, like what helps ground you and brings you peace?
1: Um, I mean, I, I definitely recommend everyone to start talking about like mental health with friends and it doesn't have to be in terms of like, you know, like therapy, but it can just be a simple question is like, hey, how, how are you feeling? Like, how are you really feeling today? And, um, and you know, set aside time to talk to friends, to talk to people so it's not – you don't have to feel rushed. Like, oh, i got to go in five minutes, you know. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and I think journaling helps as well. Um, you don't have to write every day. But even if it's just like every week or whenever you feel like it, it's it's nice to look back at um like old journal entries and kind of see like the progress or the journey you've taken. And uh for me that that's something nice and it's something very easy you can you can do for yourself. Like you can just grab a notebook or you can just I'm sure everyone has like a note app on their Um, phone so even just like writing the notes on your phone like that works as well
0: I like that cool well thank you so much E thank you for having me (laughs) yeah that was very 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 insightful Um, and if anybody that's listening to this has any questions you guys can feel free to reach out to at hard to guard or E if I don't know if you're willing to speak to anybody about something similar if they could reach out to you maybe
1: yeah feel free to reach out to me as well on instagram
0: cool um and then besides that we good anything cool. anything elsey e? no
1: Already i'm good <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you so much this was really fun actually like i really enjoy yeah. having this chat yeah
0: absolutely i feel like this is very therapeutic um <laughs> so yeah thank you guys for listening to episode three of unguarded conversations where we cover um, inter intergenerational trauma, being from an immigrant family, talking about it even though we're not supposed to, and <laughs> even though we should, and uh that's it.
1: Cool, thank you.
0: Thank you. Bye.
1: Right, bye.